What's up everyone? Welcome back to another episode. This is going to be my game week eight preview video and also discussing my game week seven performance. So I um, hope everyone's had a good game week. Uh, obviously quite a lot to talk about. So uh, let's get stuck in with this episode. And I thought start off like usual was talk about my game week seven performance. So unfortunately I have to talk about this because spoiler alert, it's another red arrow to add to the collection. I know it's been quite a lot of them this season and hopefully with a few transfers I did make, this is going to be a long-term sort of progress to the team. But yeah, 54 points this week. However, as I mentioned, I made three transfers, which was a minus eight points hit. So I finished on 46 points total. So for those who didn't know, uh, last week I went Digne out to Leicester Soinchu, which proved to be uh, a real good transfer. Four-point swing with Soinchu getting a clean sheet. I then sold Sigurdsson at last because, as you guys know who follow me on Twitter, I've been so loyal to that guy over this season and he has done nothing but disappoint me. So, although I know he is a long-term hold sort of player, I am so thankful to get rid of him. He has been the bane of my team for many, many weeks. So, sold Sigurdsson and brought in KDB. So, that obviously was a... Uh, Real good transfer there. Sigurdsson only picking up two points. KDB picking up nine. So nice little bit of a bonus there for me. And then the final transfer was I sold Ashley Barnes only after owning him for about one or two game weeks. So only briefly got on the Barnes train, jumped off and got on Tammy Abraham. And of course, only picked up two points that game week, but was still impressed with his underlying stats. And yeah, it turned out to be a plus five point swing, which is always good when you're making uh, significant transfers which require a points hit. So although, of course, the minus eight points wasn't um, wasn't good, it turned out to be a profitable week in terms of them three. And I've spoke about it before on Twitter about how I've been against taking points hit this season. Whereas season's gone by, I've been a bit more kind of confident to take points hits I thought I would take approach this season to try and avoid points hits where possible so this previous game week was the first points hits I've taken all season throughout it's just been free transfers so it's been um I feel like for those who have kind of been asking questions about you know avoiding point hits I think there is definitely a time and place for points hits um like this season so far going up to this game week I have been avoiding them and I do think that there were opportunities there to take a points hit and still benefit from the negative four eight points so I think it's definitely a place to take them and for example the game week just gone for me was definitely the right time to play it all three of the players Swing Chu, De Bruyne and Abraham could be long-term holds the way I look at their fixtures and their form right now so for me that minus eight points has already been paid back but even if it hadn't I was looking at it over a two, three month period, which I was very confident it was going to significantly pay me back over the long term. So, yeah, that proved to be my game week, guys. Dropped to 797,000th in the world. So, you know, still in the top million, which is some, some positive, but of course, not where I want to be. Now, a lot of chat about overalls and stuff. How do I kind of view them? You know, I kind of take it with a pinch of salt, really. I think, of course, overall rank is the the biggest indicator to how your performance has been. However, I am very wary that it's a 38-game-week season, and we are only seven game weeks in. You know, the players I currently have right now, I'm very confident with, and I think that's the most important thing, really, is 
even though my overall rank isn't where I want it to be, my team and squad are players of which I am confident in. I think in the long term, they are going to pay me back. And again, another captaincy fail to add to the collection this season. I think I've only hit about two this season. And it is so important to try and get them captaincies right because, of course, doubling them points and their big calls is just going to have a massive effect on your overall rank. So went for Salah, of course, expected him to do well against Sheffield United and was very disappointed when he missed that one-on-one, -on -one, of course. But obviously, had Sterling in the team. He was the other alternative. Of course, got the goal, which is great. But a lot of people captain Sterling. So, had a bit of an effect on the overall rank. And yeah, again, just getting a bit unlucky with the Capsi Halls. I'm debating a lot between Salah and Sterling. Now I have De Bruyne on the side, obviously. Going to be an option in the long term. But right now, yeah, just getting that one completely wrong once again. So, hopefully, my luck can change soon enough. And uh, yeah, another... Uh, chat about my team is just another negative is Norwich and um, especially Pookie obviously my one investment in the Norwich side Pookie starting the season so well but it's just looking like he's a bit of a home player right now getting all his double digit and main attacking returns at home and really flattering to deceive away from home so going to be an interesting one to track right now but yeah no Pookie party again this game week for the second week in a row so you know bit disappointing there but yeah we move on and I'm hoping that this upcoming game week's going to be a lot more profitable like the way the side's looking so fingers crossed on that one so moving on to a sort of usual sort of segment in the in the uh, episode and that is where I talk about some of the previous game week dream team and kind of some notable players I picked out top three and kind of my thoughts on them and where the managers should be considering them kind of thing that up so last week I spoke about how off the back of Bernardo Silva's hat-trick, he could be a potential red herring in the Man City side. How I spoke about he isn't necessarily going to get all these attacking returns. Don't expect him to get in hat-tricks. And I don't think he can necessarily replace De Bruyne and Sterling. And, you know, right on cue, gets dropped for this game week. You know, doesn't necessarily bring any attacking returns. And De Bruyne and Sterling both get in on the points so obviously a little bit of a pride moment there don't want to be bragging or anything but or saying I told you so but I still think Bernardo Silva is a great option but I still back my point from my previous video talking about how he could be a little bit of a red herring in the Man City side so yeah just a little bit of a catch up there for those who missed last week's episode and another one was also mentioned how I felt Chris Wood could outscore Ashley Barnes throughout the season or if not especially match him throughout and of course that proved to be a, a success so again you know tips worked out okay last week so I'm hoping these ones can uh, help a little bit as well so yeah three that I've notably picked out is going to be um, going to start with Pereira Leicester's Pereira 13 points goal and a clean sheet and he's been one that has been especially in the Twitter community discussed but not necessarily actioned upon so for those who have been looking at the Leicester assets, Soyuncu Chu especially has been the one that is picking up the real headlines with his price point, 4.5, 4.6, depending on where you picked him up, which is a real budget option to go into. A Leicester defence, which have currently the best underlying stats in regards to expected goals conceded. So for those who haven't considered Leicester defensive, first and foremost, they should be on your radar like I mentioned, Soyuncu at that price range is a real good option. Picked up a clean sheet last game week. But with Pereira, currently priced at 6.1 million, kind of flew over the radar a little bit. And I think rightly so, because he 
at that price point is in that sort of premium bracket where you would be looking at adding a little bit more to your value and going into the likes of Liverpool players, Man City players. So rightly so he's been overlooked. However, I do think that with his goal and clean sheet, he is going to be naturally attracting some more attention from managers. And I do think that he is a brilliant option going forward. I think he is going to be getting involved in the Leicester City attacks. And I do think that they have really good upcoming fixtures. They have Liverpool away, Burnley at home, Southampton away, Palace away, Arsenal at home in their next five games. But then after that, they have some really, really good fixtures. So, you know, the way you look at them sort of fixtures, you're not expecting necessarily clean sheets galore. Liverpool obviously away, very, very tough fixture. And obviously Arsenal can't keep a clean sheet themselves, but look okay going forward. But I think the main thing with Pereira, which I want to highlight is, although he did get a goal, and I do think that he will be involved in the Leicester attacks, his underlying stats aren't screaming a goal or an assist every week. So, you know, currently 0.71 shots per 90, 0.71 key passes per 90, and an XG of 0.53. So for those managers who have just noticed Pereira, obviously with his points tally this game week, um, I don't think you should be looking back and thinking, how have I not spotted this guy earlier on? Because the underlying stats aren't really there to suggest that he has been doing this week in, week out for Leicester. Now, like I mentioned, he is a great option going forward, but I do think that he should be only purchased if you really are investing in a back three or back four premium, premium defenders. Because I think to save yourself 1.4, 1.5 million, you could go into Soyan Chu. Of course, he's not going to be returning the same attacking returns, but we'll be on the clean sheets. And as I mentioned, Pereira's underlying stats aren't suggesting that he's going to be getting a goal and assist every game week. So I think for the 1.4, 1.5 million you can save and invest elsewhere. I think that is a good move to go into Soyan Chu. He's currently about 8% ownership, so still a differential, and then save that money. But I can't argue anyone who does go Pereira, but I just think be wise about if you do own him, be aware of what that 1.5 could have invested in, weigh that sort of decision up. And if you still think that that 1.5 is better invested in Pereira, then that's a good decision. And, you know, they have the fixtures coming up, which could return really good hauls in the future. So, yeah, that's my thoughts on Pereira there. Uh, another one notable, and it's caught a lot of the headlines recently, and that is uh, Man City's Riyad Mahrez. So, picked up 10 points, goal. The most notable thing is that he's played 90 minutes four times this season for Man City in the league, and has picked up three double-digit hauls. So, you know, it looks like every time he actually gets a run in the side, he's getting attack and returns and he's looked a real threat. For those who didn't watch the highlights, all of the highlights were really around Mares. He was creating so many opportunities. Brilliant ball to Gundogan on the back post, which he missed for three yards out. If you haven't watched that already, please check that out because it's one of the misses of the season. But with Mares, I think currently 8.5 million, he is a really good option into the Man City attack. However, like all the players, he is just... A downgrade to Sterling and De Bruyne. Now he comes in the same category as Bernardo Silva in my eyes. I think he has more of an attacking potential than Bernardo Silva and arguably has as much game time right now. With the Sané injury, it looks like Sterling, although he has been rotated recently, has the left wing spot to himself and it is going to be a case of that right wing spot 
Now, with the recent injury to De Bruyne, we're not sure how significant that injury is. It could see Bernardo Silva coming into the centre-mid position, which will mean that that right-wing position is all but Riyad Mahrez's. Now, does this mean you should jump into him? Not necessarily at all. I think that he is going to be, like Bernardo Silva, like David Silva, a risk in regards to your game time. Should you be selling Sterling to go into Riyad Mahrez? No, I think Sterling is still much better option. And of course, De Bruyne as well. I've mentioned this in previous videos. I think that anyone outside of these two in the midfield bracket is a significant downgrade and a risk and cannot cover those two points. Now, if you just own De Bruyne and you don't have the money to go into Sterling, you have, you know, 9 million, 8 million knocking about. I do think Mahrez is worth a punt. But as I mentioned, not at the expense of downgrading another Man City uh, premium midfielder. So, yeah, I think Mares has the potential to be a great option. I do think that he will be getting game time. But like I mentioned, he will get rotated. So just a little red herring there. But I do think he offers a bit more potential than Bernardo Silva. So if I had to choose between the two, Riyad Mahrez would be my pick there. And uh, the last player is, uh, you know, the original Vardy party, you know, 12 points just seems to do it every season, really. And, you know, getting a brace, that's his fifth goal this season, one assist, and currently points to 8.9 million. As I mentioned with uh, the Leicester fixtures, they have a decent run coming up, especially long term. And for Vardy, especially, the, the big fixtures shouldn't be uh, a put off for him. He's proven over the years that he can score against the big teams, real threat. And I think that. Of course, Liverpool away next game week isn't an attractive uh, position to bring him into. But after that week, I think that he could be a brilliant option. And there's been a lot of talk about how a lot of teams are becoming template, how they're not making any ground in their overall ranks. And I think that Vardy right now, at his current ownership, he isn't like a 2% ownership differential. But I think at his current ownership it is significant enough to make a real impact in your overall rank. Um, I think he should definitely be in everyone's considerations. I think there's a lot of talk about going into the premiums like a Bamiyang and all this lot, but I think that Vardy has the historical data and he started now to show the underlying stats. Whereas before I had no investment in Vardy, it was because his underlying stats were so poor. I think he has six shots in his first five game weeks, which was just unheard of of Jamie Vardy. But in the last two, he's had seven shots, Really, really showing the sort of form that you'd expect from Jamie Vardy. And Leicester as well, in the last few game weeks, have really shown their class and what kind of pedigree they're bringing to FPL this season, the likes of Madison's and Vardy's. So I do think that at 8.9 million, he should be one on everyone's radar. Of course, it's difficult if you have all mid-price forwards to invest into Vardy but I do think that if you have the money knocking about or the opportunity to downgrade somebody in your side into him I think it could be a really really good option this season so yeah definitely not a red herring Jamie Vardy one to be on the radar for sure right moving on to the league and this is the part of the show where I have to embarrass myself every single week because of the shocking performance that I've had in my league I've unsurprisingly had another red arrow and now sit 62nd in my league. So a pretty awful start to the campaign this season in regards to my league. But I'm hoping that I can claw it back eventually. But some brilliant performances again in the league this week. And uh, just the usual stuff. Just going to give a quick shout out to the top five. So in fifth place is uh, a Adesinia. 
Emmanuel, good work. Fourth place, Diego Azbulaqueta. Not sure if you're related to Cesar, but if you are, lend me some money, please. Um, <laughs> third place is uh, Paul Woodhead. Second place, Ben Pugh. And first place, bit of a common theme here, is uh, Tariq Islam. I think you've been knocking about in the top 10 since first game week, so good work there. 452 points leading the way. Brilliant game week, and uh, I'm hoping to see you guys in the future in this top 10 but right now not looking so promising for me so i'm hoping i can claw it back in uh, in the coming weeks but great work and obviously for anyone who's still interested in the league link in the description you can find the league code automatic join on the link be sure to sign up because it's a great league and like i said hoping in the future to throw some prizes along the way so quality work there guys keep up the good work so um usually this is the part of the show where i jump into the hot topic section but what I have been doing week in, week out for, for the last year or so is I've been putting my Hot Topics article out every Thursday where I get a guest uh, account, sometimes two, to talk about the Hot Topics of the week and uh, go through kind of deep, pick their brains and find out what their thoughts are, get a bit more sort of FPL analysis just opposed to myself. And so what I'm going to do, guys, is I'm going to miss out this week because kind of repeating myself a little bit. So... If you guys want to head out, head down to the, to the uh, website below, you can follow the link there, latest article. In this topic, we're going to be talking about uh, Pookie, uh, double Liverpool defence, differentials to help boost that rank, and the usual captaincy pick. So this week, I'm joined by the regular Let's Talk Soccer. So really, really good information there. Really recommend anyone checking that out. Like I said, article form. So as opposed to kind of these sort of videos and podcasts, it's a bit more written detail there that you guys can kind of read and analyze a bit further. So yeah, be sure to check that out guys in the description, link in there and you can uh, check that out. So be sure to do that. So moving on to the last part of the show and this is probably the most important part to you guys, answering your questions. So thanks to everyone who's been sending them through, been having them through from both Twitter and Instagram. So thanks to everyone who has been doing that. Really, really appreciate it and obviously, any questions you do have, please don't hesitate to ask me in the future on social media. I'm always there to, to answer. As I mentioned in the past, I do an Instagram live the day before the game week deadline. 20 minutes or so where I answer all your questions. And then on Twitter on the day, three hours before the deadline, answer all your questions there. So be sure to hit me up on social media anytime you have any questions. But I'm going to shoot right into these questions here and, um, and get started. So first question from Twitter is from at Yona Mizigu and he has asked uh, Barnes or Wood so obviously for those who've been tracking Barnes started off the season really really well four goals in I think five four games started the season on fire but it looks like the tides changed a little bit and Chris Wood his strike partner is taking a bit of the goal scoring responsibility so scored three goals stats are starting to catch up with with Barnes actually and Whereas before it was an easy choice with Barnes, Wood's now really thrown his name in the hat and currently priced a little bit different. So Barnes 6.6 .6 million, Wood 6.2 million. And I spoke about in the previous video about how I felt that Wood could replicate Barnes's figures and I still stand by that. I think that in the previous video I mentioned about the underlying stats and how they were supporting both having equal stats. Well now Chris Wood's actually overtaken Barnes. Just to glance at them, um, Barnes 2.5 expected goal, Wood is now at a 3.33 expected goal, so really jumped his strike part there, and as I mentioned, at 6.6 .6 million, Barnes isn't necessarily doing anything for me to suggest 
justifying that 0.4 million difference. Now, for those who have checked the heat maps, there's been a lot of chat about it and how Barnes is the one who, when they play that 4-4-2 formation, he does drop into the midfield and support them. Wood is the one who stays up high on that back line. So, you know, the underlying stats and heat maps are suggesting that Wood is the better option there. You know, cheaper, underlying stats, heat maps. I think personally, if I had to pick one of the two right now, it would be Chris Wood. However, I do think that with Burnley's upcoming fixtures, if you are somebody who doesn't own either, I wouldn't necessarily be jumping into Burnley strikers right now. They have a few tricky fixtures coming up. Everton at home, Leicester away, Chelsea at home, Sheffield United away, West Ham at home. So although they have a few good fixtures in there, they're not enough for me to necessarily stand up and say you have to jump into them there. So for me personally, if you are looking at either, Wood would be the one, but I wouldn't necessarily be jumping into Burnley Strikers right now. So, uh, yeah, thanks for that question, Yona. Uh, question from Instagram, and that is from at Sherlock underscore Shadman. And he has asked, Sterling or Aguero? So, obviously, Man City recently have been putting the goals away. 8-0 victory versus Watford and a 3-1 victory versus Everton. And for those who've been checking out the FPL stats, it's clear that they have some significant assets available now obviously Sterling and Aguero have been over the years kind of the mainstay picks and rightly so you know underlying stats and output has been significantly better than most of the other options in the side and for this sort of question you've got to look at both the current form different variables in regards to rotation price point now both price at a similar price bracket I think that Rotation as well isn't something to be considered by either. Sterling and Aguero have both shown that they can be rotated like every player under Pep. Aguero being dropped last game week and Sterling being dropped in the Watford match, which still to this day I haven't forgiven Pep for. But I personally think that if I had to choose one right now, it would be Sterling. I do think that he is, even though he has rotation risk, has a bit more game time security than Aguero. I think that... The injury to Sane obviously is a big hit for them. De Bruyne with the current groin injury is going to see probably one of the wingers drop in. So, for example, Bernardo Silva drop into the centre mid roll, which is going to leave even less sort of competition on their wing positions. And for those who haven't been tracking, obviously, the social media, the news around Man City is that Bernardo Silva has been fined with misconduct. So we're still to see whether he is going to be imposed with a ban or not. But obviously, there's a lot of talk about possibly a six-game ban. And if that does come to fruition... You are going to see Sterling and Mares on their wings and kind of secure the game time for Sterling. So I personally think that right now, I think Sterling would be my pick. The underlying stats are still brilliant for him. Um, and yeah, although Aguero is a brilliant, brilliant option, I think Sterling would be my pick there. So thanks for that question. Moving on to another question is from at TJS Morton. And he has asked, is Hudson-Odoi an option? So obviously came back to Premier League football last week for about 20 minutes and picked up an assist. Looked actually pretty sharp and uh, currently priced at 5.9 million, 0.5% ownership. Um, he is a really exciting prospect from an FPL perspective. Now, in the Chelsea midfield, there's only really been one player in the headlines and that's been Mason Mount starting the season at 6 million. Now priced at a whopping 6.7 million. Um, him and Abraham have been the real stars in that Chelsea side. But I do think that Hudson Doy has a real potential to kind of light up the FPL world right now in regards to that template. I think 
Um, he isn't currently an option right now. However, I do think in the long run, he could be a cheaper alternative to Mount. So for those who currently own Mount, there is no reason to jump off him right now. I think he's a long-term hold with his underlying stats, the way that he's performing in this Chelsea side. Lampard's really given him an authority to be the main man in that midfield. But I think for those who have missed the boat on Mount, I think that Hudson-Odoi could be a great option when he gets that game time. I think right now he will be balancing with the likes of Willian and Pedro. So it isn't a player to jump into right now. But the way that Lampard spoke about in pre-season and during this season, I think that he has real potential to be a big, big player in this side. So for me right now, he isn't an option, but one that he should be on everyone's watch list because he could be a really, really good differential at 5.9 million. So definitely one to consider, guys. But right now, not an option. If you've still got Mount, he's a definite hold there. And for those who haven't invested, still a potential there. But Hudson Doy could be that alternative later on in the weeks. So next question from at Jaredit1. And he has asked, which would you sell, Salah or Sterling? So obviously already a bit of talk on Sterling already. But Salah's been quite an interesting player right now. Isn't necessarily living up to the high, high standards that we have of him. But he's still ticking over quite nicely from an FPL perspective. Um... In terms of comparing the two, just a quick look at these both. So underlying stats, Salah has an XG of 4.1, Sterling 4.65, and Salah an XA expected assist of 1.21, Sterling 1.81. Um, currently priced similar prices. I personally think if I had to choose one, I would sell Salah. I think that Sterling has the better underlying stats, clearly. As I've mentioned previously, I think that his game time is going to be secure now, which is clearly not a problem with Salah. He always has game time security in him. But the main thing is the fixtures. Man City have great fixtures coming up, whereas Salah has a tricky run coming up, starting off with Leicester at home. Then he plays a fair few of the big six in the next few game weeks. And I think right now, Man City are clearly the best attack inside the league. And why wouldn't you want to own one of the best players in that attacking side. Sterling's proved it with underlying stats. And I think that if I had to choose one right now, I would sell Salah. I think that also looking at squads online in the FPL, I think that Salah would be struggling to pick him as captaincy right now, whereas Sterling, I see a lot of fixtures that I would be comfortable putting the armband on him. And I think at 12.5 million for the likes of Salah, he has to be a captaincy option. In the next say, six game weeks, I don't see many opportunities there. So for me, I think selling Salah would open up the, the funds. You could even go into the likes of Mane, whereas I think with Sterling, he is the main man in that Man City midfield in regards to goals. And I think that he is a much better option than Salah right now. So that would be my pick right now. And I hope that helps. Um, next question is from at MS Yahir Undinim. Really apologise. That is been butchered there and I really apologise to that and he has asked uh, is Pookie still worth it now I apologise here but I have discussed this quite in detail in um, our article that I mentioned uh, with Let's Talk Soccer so instead of repeating myself I really recommend heading down to the link below first article on the website and having a little read there about our Pookie thoughts there because there's a bit more detail there bit more analysis that will give you a bit more idea of my thoughts on Pookie so be sure to check that out there that a bit more detail and I think I can really help you out there so yeah check that out um it's, it's going to be a, a lot more beneficial there for you 
So um, next question from at Mark Murray 1987. He's asked must haves for game week eight. So I think it's very easy to talk about template players and options available. But I think that for this particular game week, there's not necessarily big players that I would consider must have. So the likes of the Liverpool lot, I wouldn't necessarily say they're must haves. Leicester approved they're a good attacking outfit and also have one of the best expected goals against. So again, I wouldn't necessarily say their attacking line are must haves for this game week. Similarly, injury to De Bruyne is making him obviously not an option this game week. So I think I'm going to be quite boring here and say my must haves would be a Bamiang at home to Bournemouth, start the fire and start the season in amazing form, goal again against Man United. And I think at home, although Arsenal have looked a bit dodgy, they're usually really, really good value at home. And against a Bournemouth side that have always flattered to deceive in defence and again, haven't necessarily been good away from home in their defensive um, performances. So I think Aubameyang would be a must-own just because he's a great captaincy option. And Sterling against Wolves, I think his game-time security is going to be absolutely certain. Wolves have got the Europa League fixture that they can't really afford to play a second string side away at Besiktas. So I think they're going to be struggling a little bit for fitness against Man City. And, you know, the way Man City are playing at home, their form, they've scored 14 goals in three home matches, I believe. I think Sterling's going to be right up for it, especially after coming off the bench um, in their Champions League fixture. It's going to be completely rested. And uh, yeah, I think he's going to have a great game against Wolves. So for me, those would be the two must-haves for game week eight. So thank you for that question. Uh, last few questions here. Uh, actually, only one more question here. And that's from at Alag Endran 16 And he has asked, hold or sell Digne? So for those who don't know, I personally sold Digne last game week for Soyuncu. I felt that although Digne could be a great attacking asset from a defensive perspective in terms of defenders, I think that Everton went off in the clean sheet potential that I really look for in defenders. So first and foremost for me, a defender has to be delivering the clean sheet. So that's why Liverpool are such good options because they not only offer clean sheet potential, but then the added bonus of attacking potential. And for me, I think defenders, if they bring attack and potential, it's just an added bonus. But the main thing is getting them clean sheets. And right now with Everton, they don't have the worst fixtures coming up, but I don't see where their clean sheets are coming from necessarily. They haven't looked solid enough from the eye test. The main thing for Digne, as I've mentioned, is his attacking potential. Really, really solid underlying stats. The problem again for Everton is that they don't necessarily have the player at the end of these deliveries to put the goals away. And, you know, it's been well documented how poor Everton have been on the road. And the next five fixtures, sorry, the next five of the eight fixtures are away from home. So five of the eight, really not appealing for me. And I think that with Digne, at its price point is 6.1 million. There are a lot of opportunities there. You could either go into Pereira of Leicester. I think that's a really good option there. I think he offers equally good attacking returns. I know his underlying stats aren't as good as Digne's, but I think that Leicester have the attacking line to actually um, result his uh, key passes in goals. So I think personally, if I was looking to invest a direct swap, I think Pereira could be a really wise move for Leicester. Or equally, you could go down into Soyuncu, Tamori, Otamendi, these sort of players. So I think personally, Digne, if you are the sort of manager who likes defenders for attacking returns, but for me, if you look at the clean sheet potential, I think there are better options available. So yeah, that's my thoughts on Digne there. So that's everything, guys. Thank you very much for tuning in again. Hope this has provided some value. And like I said, 
article drop-in, so be sure to check that out. Going to be talking about all the hot topics available, teaming up with Let's Talk so Soccer. So lots and lots more information to be checking out. Usual stuff, you can find me on Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, podcast, all the usual stuff. All the stuff in the description if you want to follow all them channels. Really, really appreciate the support. And yeah, really hope it's a green hour this week, guys. And yeah, just keep enjoying FPL even when it's bad. <laughs> so all the best, guys. Stay tuned in the next video. And uh, yeah, cheers.